0: Yo, today's QOD is, if you're not failing, you're really not showing up. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of seancroxton.com. It's Throwback Thursday, and we are turning back that clock all the way to episode number 663 and our featured speaker, Brene Brown. Today, Brene is talking about our excuses, the excuses we make and the reasons we give for not showing up, for not doing the thing. And the excuse that I hear most often and Bernadette's going to talk about this as well, is what are people going to think of me? What are they going to say about me? And am I going to be able to handle what they have to say? Number one, yes, you are going to be able to handle it. And here's the thing. You cannot allow what somebody else thinks or what somebody else says to be more important than your dream. I refuse to go to my deathbed one day going, I didn't do the thing because of what such and such was going to say about me. Like, that's just a bad way to go. I would rather just go ahead and do it and live with whatever happens if such and such did say something about me than to get to the end of my life feeling like I didn't do it because of what they were going to say about me. So what Brene going to do is help you to put some of our excuses and our reasons into perspective so we can start moving forward and doing the thing and being the person who you want to be. Before we get to Brene, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by our pals over at BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is like the match.com for professional counseling and therapy. What they do is they match you up with a licensed professional who fits your unique needs so you or you or your partner or your teenager can get the help you need from home and affordably by phone or video session. You know, you know how I feel about therapy. I do therapy myself. I think the world would be a much better place if we all had someone to talk to, especially during times like these, because times are uncertain. They're unprecedented. They are out of our control. We've got a lot going on. We are going through a lot. You're going through a lot. So if you need someone to talk to, I want you to head on over to BetterHelp. Dot com slash Q-O-D. You're going to get matched up and you'll get started with your counselor within 24 hours, which means by this time tomorrow, you could have gotten started with your therapist. You could start feeling so much better. Better. You'll also find when you go to betterhelp.com/slash QOD, you'll find a ton of reviews from real clients who found who and what they were looking for through BetterHelp. That is Better H E L P. And as a QOD listener, you get 10% off your first month. One more time: that's betterhelp.com/slash QOD. Here's Brene.
1: So, what I want to do today is I want to talk very specifically about the arena. This is where, this is where we sweat. How many of you know this feeling by just looking at the picture? (laughs) Yeah, show of hands. How many of you know this feeling? So this is what we do down here. Like, I don't know what you do down here, but what I, I I set up camp down here. I like string up twinkle lights. I order takeout food. Um, I live down here sometimes just dreaming about the day that I come up and how awesome it's going to be. Like, but I, I stay down here a lot. And here's what we do. What, the arena's right there, you can see it, the light's there. And the fear is this. I'm scared, a lot of self-doubt, comparison, anxiety, uncertainty. And so what do most people do when they're walking into the arena and those things are going to greet them up top? What do you do? You armor up, right? This is where I would imagine the old days that they got all their stuff on. But God, that stuff is heavy. And that stuff is suffocating. And the problem is when you armor up against vulnerability, you shut yourself off. And I've said this to audiences before, but I have never said it to an audience where it is more true than today, the second. When you armor up, you armor up, in this hallway, you shut yourself off from everything that you do and that you love. Because vulnerability is certainly a part of fear and self-doubt and grief and uncertainty and shame, but it's also the birthplace of these. It's the birthplace of love, of belonging, of joy, trust, empathy, creativity, and innovation. Without vulnerability, you cannot create. So what I think you're asked to do as a creative on a daily basis is walk through this hall, get to the top of the stairs, and get naked. (laughs) Of course. (sighs) Get naked. Get really real. Put yourself out there and walk out there so people can see you and see what you've made and see what you're doing. So when we walk out, this is what we see. Lots of seats, lots of people. But we focus in, and we focus on this, the critics. I used to think the best way to put your work out into the world is to make sure the critics are not in the arena but you have no control over who's in the arena. And the best way I have found is to know that they're there and to know exactly what they're going to say to you. Because each of you know. The three seats that will always be taken when you walk into the arena, when you share your work with someone, the three seats that will always be taken are shame, scarcity, and comparison. Shame, completely universal human emotion, we all have it. It's that gremlin that whispers, you're not, you're not enough. Or if you're feeling pretty confident. Like this is, I went through this like, in a, when Scott was talking, I went back and forth from like a, like a ping pong table with gremlins, back from, oh my God, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, to, I can do this, I can totally, do this. ooh, who do you think you are? That's the other gremlin, that's how it works. Like, look at you, big for your britches. Um, I clearly have Texas gremlins. Um, I don't know that everyone says too big for their britches, but that's what my gremlins say. So, shame always has a seat. The other seat that's always taken is scarcity. What am I doing? that everyone, what am I doing that's original? Everyone else is doing this. 150 people are doing it who are better trained than than I am. What am I contributing? Does this really matter? The third seat, always comparison. How many of you ever struggle with comparison? Oh my God, comparison is a nightmare. Um, You know, I made a pact not to talk to anyone in the green room, because what I was afraid that I would end up doing is say, so what are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> that's interesting because I'm going first um, and so if it sounds super good and I think I suck comparatively I may say that and then I'm catching a flight to Dallas um, comparison is always there the fourth seat I left open for you you gotta know who's in the fourth seat is it a teacher is it a parent is it a sh- ex-co-worker. Am I the only one that's ever had one of those? Uh, The thing is, I don't care what people think. I don't worry about the critics in the arena. Sends a huge red flag up for me. We're hardwired for connection. When we stop caring what people think, we lose our capacity for connection. When we become defined by what people think, we lose our capacity to be vulnerable. Not caring what people think is its own kind of hustle. Trust me. So, rather than locking these folks out from the arena, what I'm gonna invite you to do, this way maybe, is reserve seats for them. Which doesn't seem like a good thing to do. But I have 13,000 pieces of data, and I've done this work for 12 years. And what I have found, and what I have learned from these folks, and then try to apply it in my own life, that has changed my life, is to reserve a seat, to take the critics to lunch, and to simply say, when I'm trying to do something new, and hard, and original, and I'm trying to be creative, and I'm trying to innovate, to say, I see you, I hear you, but I'm going to show up and do this anyway and I've got a seat for you, and you're welcome to come, but I'm not interested in your feedback. The other piece that's tough is, to me, if you're gonna spend your life in the arena, if you're gonna spend your life showing up, really showing up, there's a couple things that you need. The first is a clarity of values. You have to, like I know, like when I came out here, I knew I could screw this completely up. I could get booed off stage, bad things could happen, but I don't have a choice because if courage is my value, I have to do this. Whether it's successful or not, is irrelevant. So a real clarity of values is important. The other thing is you gotta have at least one person in your life who's willing to pick you up and dust you off and look at you when you fail, which hopefully you will, because if you're not failing, you're really not showing up but who was willing to look at you when you fail and say, man, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was totally as bad as you thought, <laughs> but you were brave. And let's get you cleaned up, because you're gonna go back in. And this is someone who loves you, not despite your imperfections and vulnerabilities, but because of them. And they should have great seats in the arena. Like I forgot for five, ten, for a decade, I forgot to invite these people into my arena. Cause you know, it's the old, um, I always want to say Karl Marx, but it's Groucho Marx difference. Um, <laughs> I'm a social worker. We read a lot more Karl than Groucho. Um, I didn't want to belong to a club that would let me in. I forgot to invite people. Cause I thought if you're, if you're my fan, if you're here supporting me, how important could you be? Like, I'm trying to win over the people who hate me. You simply love me. You simply hold my hair back when I'm puking. You pay bills with me and raise kids with me. How important could you be? I'm looking for the stranger in the mall. That's who I'm trying to win over. Yes or no? Okay. The last part is, So I guess the real specific how-to's are this. The world keeps going, whether you know it or not. The critics are in the arena, whether you identify them and think about the messages that keep us small. They're there, whether you do that or not. What I have found in my life and what I have found in my research, which fueled what I did in my life, um, is that the people who have the most courage, who are willing to show up and be the most vulnerable, are the ones who are very clear about who the critics are. The ones who reserve seats for them and say, I hear you, I get it, I know where the messaging's coming from, I'm not buying it anymore. So to get very clear. The last thing, which I think is the hardest, is this. One of these seats needs to be reserved for you. One of these seats needs to be reserved for me. When we look up And we're putting an idea, our piece of art, our design, forward. Who do you think the biggest critic in the arena normally is? Yourself. And so, definitely me. Like, I have never watched either of those TED Talks because it's not in service of the work for me. And I try to do things that are only in service of my work because what would, what would it serve for me to watch it? I would sit there and go, oh my God, it's like in your stomach, oh my God, that's not what you were gonna say. You know, we're so self-critical. And one of the things that I think happens, and I think this happens a lot, it happens in different professions, but I think I, I see it a lot with creatives, is there is an ideal of what you're supposed to be. And what a lot of us end up doing is we orphan the parts of ourselves that don't fit what that ideal is supposed to be. And what it leaves when we orphan all those parts of us is it just leaves the critic. And so reserved in this seat is this. Where we came from, how we started, our families, that's me the oldest of course, lost years. <laughs> the years where I was so lost and confused and hurt and disillusioned that I thought the only path to freedom was a flock of seagulls haircut. <laughs> um, the higher the hair, the closer to God we say in Texas. <laughs> the people who love us the moments that make us who we are. And in that chair should be this person. The person who believes in what we're doing and why we're doing it. And the person who says, yeah, it's so scary to show up. It feels dangerous to be seen. It's terrifying. But it is not as scary, dangerous, or terrifying as getting to the end of our lives and thinking, what if I would have shown up? what would have been different? So here's to Sweaty Creatives. Thank y'all for having me here today. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, that was Brene Brown. Her website is brenebrown.com. You can watch today's talk on that YouTube. It is called Brene Brown, Why Your Critics Aren't the Ones Who Count. Get signed up for my book club, The Rich Lit Society at richlitsociety.com. Your first month is only $7. You will not be rebuilt until July First, that is after we are done fully reading the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Our first uh, discussion for the four agreements is next Wednesday, June 3rd, 5 o'clock Pacific Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. We cannot wait to see you there. One more time RichLitSociety.com. I'm out. Peace.